You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. Today's episode, we are going to talk about something that I have been wanting to talk about for a really long time. This episode has got me fired up and I'm excited for you guys to tune in because I know it's going to generate a lot of conversation because so many of us can relate. I'm going to be talking today about how to be your own best advocate at the doctor's office. I'm going to give you six ways that you can advocate for yourself because too many of us are dealing with gaslighting and other issues that are making it so that we're not getting the care that we deserve. But before we get into that and get into this heated little discussion, let's go in and have some fun. And we're going to talk about our favorite segment, Mixers Girls Say. All right. On this week's Mixers Girls Say, we're going to share your comments on our Tell Us Tuesday. And this was actually This question is one of our most requested Tell Us Tuesday prompts. So these always come from you, and we love, 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 love hearing the things that you guys share with us. And this week's uh, question is, tell us your worst date story. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Okay. This girl says, a guy wanted to dine and dash on a date that he asked me on. I ended up paying the bill because I was not about to break the law. 58% of you said, I'd be so mad. 42% of you said, I definitely pay and leave. And hopefully she did. Hopefully she dined and dashed that guy. Ridiculous. Um, Okay. This is the next little submission that I decided I'd share. Okay. First date. Oh, first date. And he kept farting. Okay. For sure. That's so gross. What is that guy's problem? (laughs) Maybe he has like some issue or something. (laughs) Maybe he's sick. Who knows? But not not a good first date move. So 89% of you agree, say that's so disgusting. 11% of you though, I'm wondering who you girls are, said not a, a deal breaker for me. Okay. I mean, on a first date though, I maybe, you know, like after being married a couple of years, that's I think when finally my husband and I were like, okay with that. Okay. Next submission. She says, one time I went on a nine hour, what? A nine hour blind date and it was miserable. Oh my gosh. I've been on one of those. I remember going on a date like that in high school. And I don't know if everybody is like this, but I went to school in Utah. And when you went to prom, it was like, or any dance, it was like these all day dances. And I remember saying yes to this guy that asked me out. Um, super nice guy, like really nice guy, but not somebody that I was interested in and not somebody that I was particularly that fun, that fun <laughs> to hang out with. So having many, many hours to have to like fill conversation with, yeah, that was pretty miserable. Okay. 70% of you said dates should be short and 30% of you said they can be long if you're having fun, which yeah, if you're having fun, you don't want it to end. But I would say first dates, like plan something short because then that's a good sign. If you really want to be together with them longer, you'll most likely get a second, third, fourth, you know, date because, you know, keep them, keep them wanting more girls. Okay. Next one. One time a guy told me that I had no depth because I was too bubbly, (laughs) like too outgoing. Is that what she's meaning by that? Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if that's true. I I get accused of that all the time of just being too bubbly. People think that I um, can't always just be happy. And I, I am most of the time. I'm just a happy girl, but that doesn't mean I don't like having really good, deep conversations. That's something that actually I love most of all. That's why I love doing this podcast because this is where we get to have those really fun, deep conversations. So we're about to have one today. Let's go. 
Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Okay, have you ever felt misunderstood or simply not heard at all by a doctor that you pursued in an effort to feel better and to find healing? Uh, Do you ever feel like you've been talked down to or that you've been made to feel less than just because you're raising concerns or you're even asking questions that maybe they didn't expect you to ask? Have you ever been told, (laughs) I've literally been told this, but have you ever been told that your Google search doesn't trump their medical degree? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is something that I know many of you guys have said that you've also been told that. Trust-based patient-doctor relationships are the cornerstone of quality healthcare, and I feel like things have really changed for a long time. I mean, it seems like many years now, I feel like things have changed from what they used to be. Patients experience the best results when they are taken seriously and treated by a doctor that they admire, that they respect, and who values them and their perspective. But as chronic illness has like skyrocketed in recent years, The quality of care in the medical space has really diminished, and not just diminished a little bit, I really feel like it's diminished greatly. Um, I kind of almost like describe it like this. I feel like patients now are like on this little conveyor belt, and they're just sitting on this conveyor belt, and they're just like going in, hello, doctor, and then the doctor's like, oh, this is what we do. There's one for you. There's one for you. There's one. And everybody just kind of gets treated the same. It's like, especially when these doctors kind of specialize in things. And I am not, I love doctors. I love doctors. But I'm just saying too many times I've had, personally, I've had bad experiences. And I know so many of you have also had these same types of experiences. And it just frustrates me. So it's no excuse, you know, for being bullied by someone that's in a white coat just because they have alphabet soup, you know, behind their name. While this is not everyone's experience, I know that there are, like I said, a growing number of you girls, because um, women especially are, um, they experience this most of all. You guys are experiencing medical gaslighting. That's what it's called. And you're experiences, experiencing this by people that you should trust, your doctors. And it's causing this overall just distrust in the medical field, which is too bad because it's amazing the things that they can contribute and the things that you can learn and the ways that you can improve your life. and all of that. So we're just going to get into that. We're going to figure all of this out together, hopefully. Okay. But let's first talk about what is gaslighting. Okay. I actually looked it up. I looked on health.com and the word gaslighting um, happens when a person tries to convince another to second guess their instincts and to doubt that their perception of something is actually real. So does that sound familiar to you? Medical gaslighting happens when healthcare professionals downplay or they blow off symptoms that you know you're feeling and instead try to convince you that they're caused by something else or even that maybe you might be imagining them. So some examples, things that I've been hearing from a lot of you girls and things, like I said, these are coming, these thoughts are coming from my own personal experience as well. But um, I've had things where like 
where you have these really terrible symptoms, but then you they the symptoms they get they are minimized, right? So it's like they're minimizing these debilitating or even dangerous symptoms, and they'll say things like your pain can't be that bad. Like when it comes to cramping, I remember like my daughter especially being told this that it was like so much in her head because not every girl feels like that. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you just want to, you just want to be like, okay, your turn. You want to, you want to fill this? You tell me if my pain's not that bad. Um, the other thing is that I get really upset over because this is very unfair is that they blame symptoms on mental illness. Um, they'll say things like, it's just in your head because when we look at your blood work, there's nothing, we can't see that there's anything wrong. We just think that this is um, something that you are focusing on and you're manifesting. And I feel like that's not fair because it does make you feel crazy. And I've had many clients that I've worked with over the years that this has been something um, that they've been told, whether it was with chronic pain or whether it was with um, menstrual symptoms or or menopausal symptoms, things like that. Um, The other thing that is also just uh, is assuming that a diagnosis based on sex, race, or identity, or age, or gender, ethnicity, or even your weight. Oh, I hate that. I've, I hate it when you're told if you just lost weight, your symptoms would disappear. Now, I get that there's some truth behind that because yes, when you are overweight, you are more prone to some, you're more prone, you're not healthy. You're not as healthy as you should be. So you're going to be more prone to symptoms. But to just assume that it's about your weight or it's about that you're a female or that it's about the age that you are, like, oh, that's just to be expected. That's what I was told when I was having serious period problems when I turned 40. They're like, well, you're 40, you know? And so it's like as if that was just supposed to be, oh, this is normal. So I don't even know why you're in here talking to us about this, but it wasn't normal because I literally felt like I was hemorrhaging. I was like bleeding so much. I couldn't even leave the house. So the other thing is, and actually I'm fired up today because I just got home from a doctor's appointment where, um, <laughs> and I love, I, I'm, I'm not giving up on this doctor. I, and so I hesitate to share this. I won't share names or anything, but, um, I went and did blood work about Oh, two months ago, and I was supposed to get my blood work back. And when I went in, they're like, "Sorry, I don't." The doctor was apologizing. It actually wasn't the doctor's fault; it was the the lab's fault. But they had ran all of my labs as if I was a man. Okay, like what? But my name is Cody, so I mean, that's kind of my history. Like I have dealt with that all the time. The confusion, people thinking that I'm a guy rather than a girl because I've got a boy's name, but. That's one thing. So I just had to go back in today to go get all of that blood work done again. And I was like, can we please? I like, I'm, I asked them, I was like, can I look at my chart? Because I need to make sure that the right tests are on this order sheet. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, okay, because they're not used to that. But I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be what I always tell you girls to be. I'm going to be my own best advocate. So I looked at the sheet and sure enough, they had not put in all of the blood work that I needed to have done that I had actually already been paid for too. Um, so I'm glad that I did that because I hesitated for a minute. Like, I don't want to be that girl, you know, that's super high maintenance. Like, why do we think that all the time? But so I did that. I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, they're missing all kinds of different tests. And so I said to her, I'm like, okay, listen, this is what I need to be tested for. This, 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 please put that on my chart. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, so anyways, and then I was like, can we please get like this big pink magic marker and just write all over the chart? She's a girl, she's a girl, you know, and I was just trying to make it funny and light, but things like that are, they happen. And so I'm trying to share my experiences with you so that you feel empowered too. But the other thing, what I was actually getting at is that I cannot stand it. And this happens a lot. This is why I actually continued on with my education so that I didn't have to use 
I didn't have to use the doctor as our middleman, but so many doctors would refuse to order really important tests or really important imaging work and things because they would just say, well, I already know that you don't have XYZ or I do not need, you know, an MRI to tell me this or whatever. Um, I know how to do my job basically. And and so I would be like, no, because you know me, I'm always like, let's test and not guess because I feel like let's find out. Let's, let's use the tools that we have. And I know that there's a lot of... Um, red tape, I guess, that a lot of doctors have to go through when it comes to insurance and stuff. So I get it, but I, it is still something that's very frustrating when somebody, when a doctor just flat out refuses instead of explaining, you know, a little bit more. So, but if you, if you are visiting with a doctor and you know, you need these tests, be, you know, pretty for, like strong about it and just say, no, I really still feel like, even if you feel like confident, 100% confident that I don't have any of this, I still want to have those tests. So stand your ground. Okay. The other thing is, is I don't love it when they refuse to discuss health issues um, with the patient. So kind of like what I was just saying, like if you, if they're like basically saying, oh, you know, it's okay. I, I know what's going on. Trust me. You just need to trust me say, no, no, I really do want to make sure we're on the same page and that I understand and that we're a team. So if you can please discuss all of these health issues and things that you're thinking and I can express what I'm thinking, then make sure you do that because that's important. Um, Also, I know that a lot of, you know, when we listen to these podcasts and there's so much information that is out on Google, it's true, right? But I hate it when doctors are like, who's the doctor here, me or Google, (laughs) right? So they'll berate you because they think that you're trying to self-diagnose. I don't like that because to me, it's like saying that you have no like intuition. And I want to always encourage you girls to trust your instincts. And so, yes, you might have some symptoms or some signs that are making you feel like something's off. And that's why you made the appointment to go see the doctor or the health practitioner. Um, and it's okay. I, I get it. We're human. And I I look up stuff on Google all the time about things because I want more information and to understand right? But I don't want to because I've looked up on Google or because I have like a, a instinct that there might be this specific diagnosis, you know, um, I don't want to be dismissed because of that. I want to be like acknowledged and and be like, yeah, you could be onto something. Let's find out for sure. You know, that's, that's where that relationship should be with the doctor. So also I, again, I, this is me doing my gripe list right here. <laughs> Um, writing off symptoms and offering just a quick pill solution. You know me, I am all about like, let's find out why. Let's don't just do a Band-Aid approach or give you a prescription, you know, a pill to pop that you can, you know, take to to diminish some of the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Because, you know, I hate it when they're saying things like, there's nothing you can do with your diet or lifestyle to change this. So just take this pill instead of, you know, getting, and then Also, they'll be like, just take this pill and it's okay. Don't worry about all of the like 100 symptoms, side effects, you know, that come with that. Like, oh my gosh, there's just so many, there's this huge long list of all of these side effects that come from trying to like reduce one symptom. That just makes no sense to me. So I don't like that. The other thing is, we'll just end with this, is being dismissive altogether. Basically telling you everything is normal. There's nothing wrong with you when you're like, um, no, it's not. I know what normal feels like for me and that's why I'm here because something is going on. So if any of those things are, you know, sounding familiar, continue listening <laughs> because I have some tips and things that we can do. We're going to come out of this. We're going to we're going to change the healthcare system. I I hope. That's my that's my hope. All right, I want to read a couple of testimonials and experiences that um have motivated me to do this episode. Um 
because it's so important. And actually, I'm realizing, I think I only just wrote down one. So I'm going to read one testimonial, but there's another one that was sent to me also that I was reading. I wanted to share, but I forgot to, to grab it and I don't want to just ad-lib it. But so let's just go into the one. Okay, this lady said, I got a hormone lab panel done and the results were clear. My stress and reproductive hormones were completely dysregulated. The solution I was given came in the form of two prescriptions, birth control and Xanax. We're just going to pause right there. They, she says, they felt like shut up pills. I remember looking at those scripts and knowing they were not the answer. This was my sign that if I wanted to be truly well, I would need to do my own research to identify and address the root cause. Luckily, having been a biochemist for several years, which is awesome, girl, by the way, that's awesome. She was already a bulldog for research. She says, I just knew there was a better solution and nothing would stop me from finding it. I'm so happy I found you, your company and your podcast. I feel like I'm finally understood and have the support I've been seeking. All right. If you didn't know, this is the whole point of why I do this podcast. It's because I get it. I've been in the shoes of this girl that just I just read the um, testimonial of. I understand, and I've been in the shoes of many of you, and I feel I know how that feels. Plus, as my profession, this is what I did as I worked hand in hand with the medical profession, um, where you know I've told you my my background was to like a you would go to your doctor, your doctor would say this is what you have and give you a diagnosis, and then the doctors I worked with would then send you to me, and then I'd say okay this is what you have, this is how we go about doing things about it, and I would give you the plan, I'd give you the nutrition plan, I'd give you the lifestyle plan, I would do all of that, and and that those kind of that approach was super effective because people felt like they were being listened to, that they had this team that was supporting them, and that they would um, be able to continue to have that support. It wasn't just like the first time they go in, oh, all of the support, and then the next time you come in, it's just like you're on the conveyor belt, like I'm saying. So yeah, so I feel I feel it. So this is why this is why I'm doing this episode. This is why I do this whole podcast. Okay, let's talk about the truth about why doctors gaslight patients because I know that seems like why why would they want to do that. I, and I don't know that they want to do that. I think the doctors are really good people. I just think that it's like the system that's broken, basically. Okay, the act of gaslighting patients has created profound effects on the overall quality of care and on health outcomes for patients. And while gaslighting creates a trust gap between practitioner and patient, there is also a problematic knowledge gap. And that's what I'm talking about here, which I feel like could be a major underlying cause behind all of the condescending or the outright dismissive responses that doctors are giving patients and especially to patients' concerns. The truth is, is that the medical school has left a lot to be desired. Medical school can leave many issues um, specific only addressed generically or worse, not at all, right? And this means that doctors are not being adequate, adequately educated on serious, um, especially serious female health issues, potential root causes, and they're not being educated on how to help patients find healing. Um, so it's leaving them in a position to, um, in an effort to conceal their own ignorance, to just dismiss their patients outright. And, and that's really what I think it comes down to. There is an overview of clinical research um, history that shines a, a big spotlight on this concept um, when you consider that for many decades, women were either completely excluded from or vastly underrepresented in medical research. And I've talked about this before, but let's talk about it again because I do think it's super connected. Um, in many ways, women's hormones and reproductive systems were viewed not only as 
a complicated like variable by researchers, but also they are considered to be like a liability. In fact, the FDA issued a policy in 1977 recommending the exclusion of women of childbearing age from all clinical research, even if they were using contraception and had no intention of having children at all or any of this. Um, Even aside from this policy, researchers generally wanted to steer clear of women because because we're complex, you know, we have complex hormonal fluctuations. Um, and sometimes that can add to unwanted complications to the studies. It makes these studies a little bit more difficult, right? There's an awesome book I'm going to recommend um, that you guys read. And it's called Doing No Harm. And it's by um, Maya Dusenberry. And what it, it does in this book, it uncovers the deep systemic problems that underlie women's experiences of feeling dismissed by the medical system. Women have been discharged from the emergency room mid-heart attack with a prescription for anti-anxiety meds. Crazy. And there's other women who um, have autoimmune diseases and they're labeled chronic complainers. I'm serious. Like that's written in their report. And they're Every time now that they go see another doctor, they that's that report is seen, and another doctor's like, "Oh, this woman's a chronic complainer," um, and so that's why it takes so long for us to get proper diagnosis. Sometimes, whether women are hearing that they are overreacting or that their symptoms are just psychosomatic. In other words, caused or aggravated by a mental factor such as internal conflict or stress. Right, that's what that means to be psychosomatic. The growing list of patients being gaslit by doctors is reason to sound the alarm and strive for a complete industry overhaul. And that's what I'm really hoping will happen. And I just feel like education, here I'm going to say it again, knowledge is power. I say it in every episode. Um, we can do, we can change this. We really can because we can demand better. All right, let's talk about what the impacts though are of gaslighting patients, which I feel like we kind of already know, but let's just talk about it. Medical gaslighting in a nutshell it delays a diagnosis, like I just was saying. Um, And that delay then, of course, delays appropriate treatment and it leaves the patient in pain or it's, you know, getting worsening symptoms longer than necessary, you know, suffering for much longer than you need to. And it may mean that your health then spirals into greater and um, potentially irreversible issues. Like that's huge. That's a huge problem. The impact of medical gaslighting also has a psychological element it's really traumatic, you know, when people don't believe that you are in pain. I mean, I, I, I have been there. And so I am telling you, it is very traumatic. We go to doctors for help. We go to them for care and hopefully for just some empathy and some kindness in treating the issues that we have just at hand, right? Um, but then to be disrespected and then discounted by the very people who are supposed to put your needs first is so distressing. And it leads to this erosion of trust toward the medical industry, which can then prevent patients from then seeking help for further health issues. Um, Luckily, there are ways to attend an appointment feeling informed and empowered to advocate for yourself so that you can have a good experience as well as get the level of care and treatment you deserve. Um, And that's why I just like literally, I just thought I've got to share this because I just experienced this like I just shared earlier in this episode about my experience, I really had to like just get out of my head and be like, oh, don't be that high maintenance girl. And instead say, no, I'm going to be my own best advocate. This is what I tell everybody else to do. I'm going to do it for me too. So let me share what my um, top 
six ways are, okay, that you can advocate for yourself. Because you know me, I always love to give you guys actionable steps, not just complain. <laughs> it's it, This has been a good venting little <laughs> moment for me, but I also want to give you guys something to take home. Okay. So advocating for yourself can really feel, it can feel kind of overwhelming, a little bit daunting, um, but with some self-care and with best practices, you can ensure you receive only the highest caliber of treatment when you seek medical care because you deserve that. And here are a few tips that um, can help you do that. First, one of the things that I always think is important to do, and I didn't actually do it this time for myself, um, and so that's why I needed to step up on my own even more, but I would recommend take a friend or a family member to an appointment with you. There's just something about having another set of eyes and ears um, that you can trust in the room with you. And by doing so, what that can do is eliminate the potential for mistreatment. Um, And if they have seen you, especially if your family member or friend have seen you suffer from the symptoms firsthand, they can also add some emphasis if you run out or if you run into any hurdles explaining your own experience. A lot of times they can add more to it or they can ask questions that maybe you don't think of, you know? So take a friend or family member to the appointment with you. It is really, really helpful to have that. Um, Second one is bring a detailed record of your symptoms with you to your appointment. A detailed description of what you're experiencing and how often, as well as um, any relative or relevant um, photographs. Like if you've had a rash, for example, Um, It can be so helpful in stating your case like to your doctor about what you've been experiencing um, because they can't as easily dismiss a four-week detailed timeline of various symptoms that you've been experiencing and then being able to see a picture of it because I know I've had um, experiences for myself or like when I've taken my kids to the doctor and it's like my kids have been so sick or they've been covered with a rash. And of course, the second that I'm able to get them into the doctor, everything disappears, right? And it's like, why? (laughs) Because now it seems like I'm just this crazy overreaction mom, but uh, whatever. So do that if you can. Um, Pay attention, write stuff down, um, and take pictures. That's the beauty. We have these phones, you know, that we can just carry along with us with our notes and our pictures, and that really helps to advocate for us. Okay, number three is equip yourself with information ahead of the appointment. So the more informed you are, and that's what I hope this podcast can do for you, is, you know, inform you. So because if you are more informed before you get there, the better. While you may not be a medical doctor, I'm not a, I'm not professing to be a medical doctor, and I know you aren't either, but it's also obvious that we live in an era of smartphones and computers, and these are very valuable tools that we can lean onto at any time. And so use it, you know, use it. And don't be ashamed of that, especially if they give you, you know, the lines that I was given before. It doesn't matter. Still equip yourself with information. Listen to these podcasts, take notes, read articles, do whatever you can to become as educated as possible. Number four is don't be afraid to ask questions. I know that they are busy and they're trying to rush you out, but don't be afraid to ask questions. Many times patients become uncomfortable once you're in the exam room. Um, And (laughs) I get this too. It's like you have this anxiety, right? And it's like you stumble over your words or you forget the questions that you were planning to ask. And so this is, again, where writing down your questions and concerns beforehand and then bringing them with you is super helpful. Okay, the fifth tip is to practice self-care and stress management, though, ahead of your appointment. So if doctors, doctor's offices provoke feelings of anxiety, like think racing heartbeat, intrusive thoughts, um, maybe even clammy hands or something like that, 
maybe consider doing a yoga class before um, you go, like maybe the morning before, or maybe just go out and take a nice walk outside um, during the peak time of sunshine, maybe like right before lunch, right? Another thing that is super helpful is to use Her Power, okay? Her Power is a life-changing stress management supplement that really is super effective at combating stress and helping you to reduce feelings of any unease. And it also helps to promote a calm and balanced mind. Um, it also, there's also aptogenic, aptogenic, why can't I say aptogenic herbs? I say that all the time, but today it's not going to come out of my mouth. You know what I'm talking about. I talk about these all the time in my podcast, but things like ashwagandha, right? Awesome. An adaptogenic herb. It helps to, um, it's it really integral for stress management because what it does is it helps to regulate your stress response. And then it helps to lessen the burden um, that stress is playing on your adrenal glands, um, which if you stay in a chronic state of stress, which we've talked about, which is basically survival mode, which we're in many, many days of our lives, um, we're like, we're over, we are very much likely to overwork our adrenal glands. And we are definitely in need of some of that TLC. So doing some of these little self-care things and maybe taking these supplements can help to reduce those feelings of anxiety before you actually go to the office um, to see the doctor. Okay. Number six, if you're feeling uncomfortable or if you're feeling unheard or you're feeling gaslit, go find another practitioner. It's okay. I'm giving you permission to do that. If you leave an appointment feeling like you aren't being seen, you're not being heard or understood, or if you just you just don't feel like you're on the same page with your doctor, the good news is, is that you can find another one. It's important to remember that they don't hire you. You hire them. You are paying their bills. You are their customer. So this is important to remember when it comes to the quality of care that you accept for yourself. So if you're experienced, if you've experienced being discounted, dismissed, or gaslit by your doctor, or if your concerns have been written off as common or normal or something everyone experiences, you are not alone. Not alone one bit. I am hearing things from you every single day. And that's why I'm super fired up about this. You may feel like there is no light at the end of a tunnel with the health conditions that you suffer through day to day. But I'm here to tell you that you can experience true transformative healing with or without someone in a white coat being dismissive of your experience. Mic drop, right? That's that's basically what I have to share with you girls today. And I hope that it's helpful. I hope that it's empowering. I want to continue this conversation with you girls. I feel like it's very important. I want you to go and send this episode to somebody in your life. It doesn't even have to be a girl in your life, but send this episode to somebody in your life that has experienced this type of gaslighting. And let's join forces because I feel like the more of us that are like, no more, we're not putting up with this anymore, then I feel like we can change the system. We have more power than we realize that we do. And doctors are amazing, but they are in a system. It's the system that's broke. Doctors are amazing. They learn so much. They understand so much about the body. They can't understand everything. So we're gonna we're gonna give them a break for that. But to then not just say that. Like I always respect a doctor. If I bring up a question or if I have a comment or I have a thought or something and they're like, oh, that's an interesting thought. I've never really thought through that. That could be something. I'm going to, I'm going to take some time and learn more about that. And then let's talk about it. I have so much more respect for any practitioner that does that than to somebody who's like, 
deep down in in their mind going, I have no idea what this girl is even talking about. So I don't want to sound dumb. So instead, I'm just going to dismiss her and make her feel dumb. Like that, I don't have patience for at all. So, all right, with that girls, share this episode with somebody in your life that can use this empowerment. I want you girls to, I didn't know if, I don't know if you guys know this, but we have this really amazing community. Um, you can make comments and leave a comment and review, you know, on our podcast, which I encourage you to do. Thank you, by the way, for those of you girls that are doing that. Every once in a while in these episodes, I will read some of your um, your reviews. And if I do, just let us know and I'll send you a, a nice little thank you gift. But um, share your comments in there and share us, you know, what you you learned or whatever in these episodes. But also... If you go onto Mixers, M-I-X-H-E-R-S dot com, we actually have a community. It's like our own, I don't know what else to call it, but it's kind of like our own Facebook, but it's not Facebook, um, where girls are asking questions. There's like an Ask Cody section on there where I'm on there answering questions a lot. You girls are amazing. And you, um, a lot of the topics that I you know, bring up in these um, episodes come from the things that are being discussed over there. It's our Mixers Girl community. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you if you wanted to join our uh, Mixers Girl community. We would love it. But if you wanted to do it right now, just go to mixers.com. You'll see... Um, our community and you'll go on there and you can just get instantly um, become a part of it. And I would love to hear, let's get the conversation going about this. I'd love to hear your experiences. I'd love to hear your questions, all of that. All right. Can't wait to be back next week. We're going to have another amazing episode. I've also got some really great guests that are going to be coming onto the show in the next couple of weeks. I'd love to hear from you girls too. I'm sorry, I'm giving you all kinds of assignments, but that's what's fun about this is that we're a community um, and we do this together. But I would love to know what guests are you wanting me to bring on this show? Um, give me some suggestions. I I have so many people that I look up to and admire and c- can't wait to pick their brains. And I hope you guys have been enjoying some of the guests that we've had on previously. We've really had some fun guests. We've talked about some maybe um, taboo topics, but that's what we like to do on this show too, because it's like, we just want to learn. We just want to have a place that we feel safe to talk about these things that isn't done in a classy way, but in a way that we can um, learn about our bodies and feel empowered. So, um, but I'd love to know, or who who am I missing? Who, who am I not thinking of? Who do I not know yet? Suggestions. I'd love that. Put that in the Mixers Girl community as well. All right, girls, until next time, I hope you have a very healthy and happy week. And... I will look forward to being back again next Tuesday. We'll have another episode and we'll return again and we'll continue this conversation. Talk to you soon. Bye.